two. Welcome to the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast. Uh, my name is Ty Evans, and I got a special guest here, my buddy Colby Jines, and uh, from Powell, Wyoming, right? Powell, Wyoming. That's Powell, right. Wyoming, and uh, we are here at Bryce Canyon Mule Days. Beautiful Bryce Canyon. It is really pretty here. You've been riding here all week. I've been doing clinics. You've been riding and getting ready for your sale. Yeah, I've been getting taken uh, advantage of seeing some of this neat country and this place around here is truly a trail rider's place to come and and it is a destination, trail riding destination for sure. And we've had a blast here so far and getting geared up for the sale, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, how long have you known McLean? I've known McLean now. Uh, this is my third year. We've I've known McLean. We've been talking now for three years. He's cool, so, isn't he? Great people. So he McLean has known me longer than I've known him since I was a baby. He's cool, cool guy. Great so, family, great yeah. family. And this event is good family event. Oh, man. Good, good people. I mean, how many places do you go where they have a prayer and a pledge of allegiance? That's first right. Morning? Just the whole atmosphere it's is pretty awesome. cool. It is. So, it's real cool. Well, buddy, thanks for jumping on here with me. Hey, it's my pleasure. I so, look forward to it. We've been trying to coordinate schedules here. Colby's busy with his cell, and I just got done with my clinic. And anyway, just got back from a little charge with my girls, and we're going to rock and roll. You bet we are. So, Colby, um, let's see. I met you, I think, at Salmon like nine years ago. Long time ago. Yeah, like nine years ago. We started going to Salmon, and I think that's where I met you. You yep. were selling there. Yep. And then just got to know you since through the different uh, – it seems like I – I see at different mule events and Bishop Mule Days and Jake yep. Clark's and and uh, and here of course. So, um, but anyways, for uh, the people that don't know you, I want you to just give me a little background on you, your family. You got an awesome wife, and you got some. Sure, your kids are tough as nails. <laughs> well, thanks. So, let's well, uh, I'm married. I've got two kids. Uh, Cody, of course, is my wife, and I've got Caden and Casey, a 17 and a 13 year old. Um, so we're right in the middle of the teenage years, which is, uh, uh, interesting to say the least, Oh yeah. but, um, they both are very active in rodeo and have, they've been active riders since they were, uh, tiny. Um, Cody and I previously owned an outfitting business in the thoroughfare. So it was a 24 mile ride, one direction. And we'd start tripping in about the 15th of July or excuse me, of August. And, and, uh, we took the, both them boys in when they were five. And we let them in uh, nine hours riding. So they've been they've been broken pretty good and lots of riding and uh, back and forth in and out of them camps. And it grew them up too. it grew them up riding and being around mules and learning how to be cowboys and live off the land, so to speak. But um, now we're hot and heavy into the high school rodeo association. I got a junior high rodeo and a high schooler. My youngest is a team roper. So he rodeos on Fridays. And in Wyoming, there's about 14 15 rodeos so it's three day weekends so we're home monday tuesday wednesday thursday afternoon load the trailer go to junior rodeo on friday and then high school rodeo on saturday sunday um my oldest boy caden he's a bull rider and a team roper and a pretty handy little roper um he's not here with us this weekend because he's hot on the trail and but uh, my youngest boy's here and uh cody and i we've been married for we've been together for 20 plus years we've been married for 18 of them and wow uh, it's been a, she's been a blessing in my life to have. And, uh, she's just, uh, she's a rock and, and, uh, she's, uh, she keeps you lined out. She does keep me lined <laughs> out and I'm thankful for that. And, and, uh, she, she, uh, she's the rock and she's, uh, she's a go getter and she's what makes it all go around. So, you know, I, 
I never really talked to Cody until Jake Clark's mule days in 2015 was my first year getting there <clears throat> and you get there and you know, it was kind of intimidating, you know, for me, right. you know, a lot of guys, I don't know anybody there, you know, but, and, and some of these guys, you know, you know, you get busy here with your sale mules and you're just kind of focused mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but she was so nice. I'm like, yeah. That's a cool lady. And I actually didn't know, uh, you know, I, I knew you earlier than that, but I didn't really know her anyways. So she grew up she in the awesome. mule world, you know, her dad's yeah. an icon, Jake Clark and, um, she's been rodeoing and she's a, a fantastic roper, like handy, handy roper. Nice. She needs to do more of it. Maybe one day we'll get her back on and get her doing it again. But yeah, yeah, she's been after it since she was young too. So did you kind of get into the mule stuff through her or? Did well, no, before? I'll tell you the guy that started me on the mules. Um, he's a dear friend of mine. It's Paul Zancanell out of Rock Springs, Wyoming. I moved to, I moved to Rock Springs when I was 13 years old from uh, Twin Falls, Idaho. And um, they were some of the first folks that I met when my mom remarried and moved over there. And, and uh, we were, uh, I was uh, around them and he's a vet there. So I learned a lot about the vet clinic and, and uh, he had mules and one fall uh, we went hunting and uh, we've been hunting on these mules and man, they were just awesome. And I was riding them around and just really got to like and love the mules. And, and uh, then I kind of learned about the trading end of it. We were in camp one day and, and uh, where all the mules are there grazing around and here comes the game warden and the game warden comes in there and points this mule out and says, man, I really like that mule right there. You know, uh, is it for sale? And old Paul, he said, well, of course he's for sale. You bet he is. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy says, well, you know, will he ride bareback? Paul said, yes, he'll ride bareback. He'll ride bareback all over. He goes, well, I'll tell you what, the game warrants, I'll tell you what, I got to run up the road here and I'm going to check a camp and then I'm going to be back and, uh, we'll try this mule out. The dust hadn't even settled yet. And Paul had me on the back of that mule bareback. We were going to find out if that mule rode bareback or not. <laughs> yeah. So that's, he kind of gave me my start there we, and around the mules. And yep. then I fell into it with Cody and yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's just progressed since yeah. then. So, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and he's here with us too. He's, he's a dear friend. He's a, oh, yeah. he's like a father figure to me and uh, a great, great man. And he's, he's here with us now. And you have to introduce me. I will. He's yeah. a, He's a great guy. That's cool. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your outfitting days because everybody thinks that stuff's cool. So tell us about how you got into the outfitting business because you you were going pretty hot and heavy in that for quite a while. I did. I did it for about 17 years and I started guiding. Uh, I started guiding for an outfitter uh, and my father-in-law. I started with him and then I went to work for a outfit in the upper thoroughfare and I hired on as a guide and I started learning how to pack and uh, was hunting. And the first year in that camp, I was just a guide. Um, took hunters and I wrangled and I I did it all in camp. And then the second year, the ownership changed. And a hunter that was in the camp while I was there um, ended up buying that camp. And when he bought that camp, I was one of the first calls that he made. And he asked me if I would manage his outfit. Um, he was from out of state and needed someone local to manage and take care of stock and feed mules and buy mules and get rid of mules and pack saddles and oil and book hunters and the whole nine yards. So um, that's, that's when the management side started is when uh, I took that job and I did that for a couple of years. And then we got to a point to where we were, uh, we were busting our butts and Cody and I were. And, and so I said, man, if we're going to work, I don't mind working hard. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to work this hard, 
I need to work for, I need to be working for myself. Yeah. So we start hunting uh, for a camp to buy. And I just happened to find a camp that was owned by Ron Doobie. He's a legendary outfitter in the state of Wyoming. And, and uh, my father-in-law said, I told him my plans and what I kind of wanted to do and picked his brain quite a bit about it. And he says, well, I do know of a camp and uh, if you're going to do it, you just will buy one of the best ones in the state. And I said, you're right. I, I mean, I just will buy a good one. Mm-hmm. So we went to Ron Doobie and, and talked to him and, it all started coming together and um, we ended up buying the camp there and away we went. Um, we would hunt, I don't know, we'd run 40 elk hunters and three or four sheep hunters a year. And then we'd late yeah. season hunt. We'd summer pack trip at a Yellowstone concession. So we could go into Yellowstone and, nice. and pack. And so that's when I really started to learn how to pack. And um, there was an old saying, and even when I rodeoed my rodeo days, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself around. Yep. And, um, I knew that was important. And so I hired some very quality guys, um, to come and be part of it and work and, and help me run that deal. And, uh, one guy was Troy Wilcox out of Absorkey, Montana. He turned out to be one of my best friends. And, uh, I learned how to pack. He taught me how to sling loads and, and, uh, just, I learned a lot from that guy. Um, learned a lot from him, learned a lot about who I was and, and learned a lot about who he was in the 10 years that he worked for us. Um, we used Jeff Pace for several years and that was very enjoyable and he can pack, he can pack absolutely anything, yeah. anywhere. It doesn't matter. And so I learned a ton more from him and just made me a better outfitter by having those quality guys on board, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That <clears throat> I've had Jeff Pace on here before. Oh, you have? He told some some wild stories. <laughs> he's had some he's had some adventures. He has had. Jeez, he's so, quite the guy. But yeah, you're right, man. You who, the people you're around, it makes such a difference. It does. It? So it does. When you're doing these, uh, when you're outfitting, I mean, how many mules are you taking care of? How many mules you got in your string? Well, how at many, the height many? of our deal, we were running ninety heads strong. Wow! And it was like a small circus. <laughs> <laughs> and we we did it a, a, a lot like a cowboy deal, you know. Yep. Every spring, um, they'd come off a of winter pasture. We'd bring them in. I'd hire four or five farriers. I'd bring in the vet. Um, we'd cook lunches right there, and we would dive into them mules, and we'd go to shooting. And we stood them all, uh, shot them all standing up too. So sometimes that was interesting. I bet. But we shot every single one of them standing up. We'd get them in. We would clip their manes. We'd check their teeth, float their teeth if they needed it, worm them. If they needed any hauled though, anything hauled over, that's when they got it right there. Wow. And we usually get that done about four or five days. Wow. And get through them and be ready to go and and bend right into setting saddles. And um, the interesting part was the rotation of stock because I could only have so many in there. Right. So I had to really have it planned out and be organized on what was outside and what was inside and what Jeff had and what Jeff was coming in with. Mm-hmm. And my numbers, the Forest Service had me so dang low on my numbers that I couldn't take all my groceries with me at once. Oh, wow. And it's so far in there that you, you know, you, you just couldn't get it all in. So at the middle of the week, I would there would be a, a, literally a food run. So all the food for the next hunt would come in when we were leaving, but in the middle of the week would be a replenishment, like the things that we couldn't get on. Wow. The last, usually the last four days of dinners, um, basically. <laughs> so that is a lot of management. I never thought about. That oh yeah, jeez. Yeah. I mean, you had to have it all planned out right to the right to the meals, what they're eating, what they're getting per person, because you're so far in there. And, you know, we 
our storage room was a tree house, basically a big, huge tree platform. And I actually got rebuilt that platform. Uh, and it had the one previously had been there since, I don't know, forever, thirties, forties, when they started going into oh, Yellowstone. Wow. I mean, it, it had been in there since the outfitting industry had uh, arrived in Yellowstone. Wow. And um, it was huge platform cash way high up 16 foot up or better. And, uh, one year we went in on our early summer trip just to go check camp and to look at it. Usually took us two days to cut our way in with crosscut saws. <laughs> we went in there Jeez. and that cash was on the ground. Oh, no, That cash was on the ground. My wife bawled her eyes out just for the pure fact that she knew that that was our lifeline, mm-hmm. all that food. And she also knew what it was. It was going to be an act of Congress to let the forest service come back in there with no, you can have nothing motorized, oh, yeah. nothing, no chainsaws, no, no nothing. So she also realized what it was going to take to, to get this process going. Wow. I did it. I ended up getting the permission to do it. And I took 18 guys in, including my dad and brother and a bunch of us. And we stood that up. We cut them dead stand, uh, standing trees. We skinned them. We cured them. We dug the holes six foot deep. We packed rocks from the creek to the holes on the mules, packed the rock up there and uh, used uh, block and tackle and used and stuck these 20 some foot, Jeez. 12 to 18 inch round trees back in the ground and then tamped the holes and then began to rough cut in this platform again, all by hand, no power tools. I mean, there wasn't even a drill in that camp. Everything was all the pre uh, dug holes were all the old time drills that you, you know, would go with two hands and uh, it was all real primitive, but we got it put back up. And I suspect that's going to be my legacy in the thoroughfare is that treat that tree house there. Cause when I hope it's there for another 80 years. Yeah. When your boys are 90, oh, dad built that. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. And that's, and it was in wow. mountain Creek. That gives you respect for them old timers too. What how they, they to, don't know how they did it. Cause um, I doubt, you know, then they packed in any chainsaw. There were probably weren't chainsaws. No, it was all cross cut saw and wow. back and forth and working their butts off. Yeah. And it, it's a, it was learning experience, but it was a good part of our life. So all these mules, you know, most of my listeners are, um, you know, they tune in so they can get a little, you know, they're looking for a little help with mules and stuff. And then I do these special guest mm-hmm. episodes and, you know, how do you keep things lined out? 90 mules in your string. How, what are you doing to, to keep things? The number one up? thing is a bell mare. And then when you got 90 head, you're probably going to need four of them because each bunch is going to go hook on that mare. And, um, you know, we've all heard the myth gray mare. And, th- and that is a true thing. They love a gray mare, especially if she's dirty, rotten and kicks <laughs> at them and pins her ears. The, the, the meaner, the nastier, the mare, the more yeah. the mules, that's their mama. Yep. And, so with that meaning, you would take four mares and um, we would even have two in camp and rotate right. different bunches, depending on what was going on. And Jeff had the same thing. He had his mares and he had all his whole strings and good mare is the key. And um, you'll know when it's time to get another one because you'll have one or two start jumping out for no reason. And I don't care. You could put up a 20 foot fence and if that mule wants to jump out of there, he's jumping out of there, mm-hmm. whether or not. And nine times out of 10, He's jumping out of there to go find something, and it's probably a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, h- how many meals you taking in camp on a, a average? I had. I was permitted for uh, when I first got my permit. I was permitted for sixty. Wow. And 
you guys packing in I mean, you're going to burn through grass up there, obviously. Are you Huge meadows. Feed? We packed in. Yeah, we supplemented with a grain cube. Right. Yep, we supplemented with a grain cube. But there was so much grass in there. And as long as my Wrangler took care of that picket mare and moved her around and back and forth in water every day, um, I, I, we could make that grass just stretch wow. until the snow fell. And then it got a little uh, iffy when the snow started coming. Right. Because then we were packing alfalfa in. And there was a couple, only a couple of years we had to do that. And that's a bunch of work. Oh man, that's a bunch of work. That's and that's an eerie deal when you're 24, 25 miles back in the woods and all the elk are going one way and you're riding in going the other. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's an eerie feeling when all this, when all the life wildlife is leaving and you're going in, <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a eerie feeling. So what's uh what's one of the wildest, I mean, I'm sure you got a million stories. I know you, I've heard a few of them, but what's a, a wild story you'd want to share? about your packing and outfitting days or situation well, where you, I mean, you're alive. You made it. I'm out. alive. We made it. So, we made it. I had, I had so many memorable times that I'll never forget. Um, from having to, we had a grizzly bear one time and killed a fawn deer right on the trail in a place called the enchanted forest and the enchanted forest. You just don't, you're not going to go pick your way around. It's old. It's fallen in. There's dead fall everywhere. And, and, he was right smack dab in the middle uh, with this fawn deer. Um, that was that was pretty hair raising. That one. So were you guys you guys loaded, packed, and I had hunters. We had ten head hunters. We had just to a uh, Jeff was coming down one way and I was coming the other. And uh, Jeff knew about it because he had some issues going in, and and uh, it was it was quite the deal. It was quite the deal. <laughs> uh, that's about all I should say about that. It was a heck of a deal, but and, and then mules don't want anything to do. Nothing. With and it was wild. And I had everybody jammed up real close together and we got around this deal yeah. and finally got him run off. But the, the time that it will probably, it, that I will wear forever. Um, it, I'll have it for the rest of my life is, uh, we were in on archery hunting and we were clear way far back in the furthest South of my hunting area called, uh, Tanel. And Tanel um, is is a place that is unbelievably be beautiful and full of elk. Big country, big beautiful meadows, but it's a long way back around and in there. And, and uh, Troy, my guide, and had a bow hunter, and they were up on a place called Bull Ridge. Well, they hit a bull with an arrow, and he headed down off in Tanel. And so we he radioed to camp and said, "Hey, I've got a bull hit, and I'm going to give him some time, and I'm on his blood, and I'm going to." I'm going to fall off into Tunnel and uh, see if I can get him. I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bring you a set of pack mules and um, I'll head that way. So I did. And I, at that time, Caden was 10 and um, no, he was 12. Excuse me. He's 12 years old. And he went, he was there and, and he went, we just got done with the sheep hunt. And uh, so he went with me that afternoon and we got up the top of Bull Ridge and, and I radio for Troy and he copies me and he says, I'm clear off in here now. He said, I've been tracking this son of a gun forever and I am way back here now. I said, well, shoot, I'll just fall off this ridge. I'll bring your mules, the pack mules. I got Caden. He can lead a couple and uh, we'll just fall down off here and I'll just meet you in the bottom in lower Tunnel. I'll just tie up at the head of lower Tunnel. And he said, yeah, okay, no problem. So we're coming down off this big steep bugger and we got everything tied together and we're walking down this through the deadfall and we get down all the way to the bottom and Troy comes on the radio and he says, I've run out of blood. I run out of track. I've run out of, I've run out. And I'm, 
I get up, I'm upset. I'm like, gosh, well, gosh, dang it. You know, you, you hate to lose one. Mm-hmm. So I radio back. I said, well, you've, maybe we can come back tomorrow. Come on out and let's have some lunch or, and get a game plan. And gosh, dang it. You know, this is the shits and blah, blah, blah. And I go to tie his mule up to a tree. And when I throw, when I, when I tie it around the tree, I went to throw a bowling. And so, you know, when you throw over the top of the lead rope, you reach through and you mm-hmm. pull that rope through for the bowling. Yep. Well, when I, I had my finger in that loop and when I come around with that, tail of that lead rope i must have swatted that mule in the face and that mule set back and when she set back my finger was in the rope and uh i reached down and grabbed her right at the jaw with the halter and i said whoa whoa and it was gone that fast so at first when it happened you know your instant you grab it and i said that mule just cut my effing finger off and everybody looked at me I said, no, I'm serious. This, I just, that, I just cut my finger oh, off. No. By this time now I'm starting to, I'm starting to kind of panic a little oh, bit yeah. and yep. man, my heart starts to race and my knees yep. start knocking. They're flying around. People are flying around trying to find something to stop this. And Caden's with me. And when I, when I finally snapped out of it is when I come through my brain, where's Caden? So I turned to look and Caden is balling climbing up the leg of this big tall gray 16 hand mare mule he's been riding he's climbing up the leg of this mule to get on her i don't know where he was going he was leaving i don't even think he knew where he was going but it scared him to death so right then and there i said come on giants you got to pull it together and and so i took a big deep breath Mm -hmm. and got over to caden and got him shut down and it's going to be all right and it's going to be okay we're going to leave out of here in a few minutes but it's going to be fine and Everybody's panicking. And I said, okay, you got to get in my bag. And in my backpack, I have some mule tape and I need you to get it out. And uh, so they get the mule tape out. The Wrangler comes and he pulls his wild rag off and we wrap it around this son of a gun. And meanwhile, we get her, get the blood shut down. Well, I already know I've got to go to town. This is not just go back to camp and get the first aid kit out. Mm-hmm. See if we can't put her back on. If this is a, it's time to go to town. So I've got 24, 25 miles ahead of me and it's about two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. Jeez. And, uh, so I get the radio. I start radio in camp. I need you to meet me at the crick crossing at the bottom of bull Ridge. I need you to meet me down there on the main trail with the satellite phone. Um, I just cut my finger off and I need the satellite phone. Is Cody at camp? She wasn't. She was ahead of me with the sheep hunter by about two hours. Oh, so she doesn't know. She doesn't, doesn't know, know this yet. Mm. So a friend of mine, uh, he's actually my auctioneer here, Josh Linebaugh. He, he was in there camp jacking for me then. And there was a big pause on the radio, like nothing. And then all of a sudden the radio comes back and says, what did you just say? <laughs> I said, I cut my finger off. Caden and I are going to town. I need the satellite phone. Meet me at the Crick Crossing where... I would come from lower Tunnel off the main trail. Wow. We hit a long trot. Caden and I did, and he's out front and, and, uh, you know, he's worried about dad and I'm, it's all, let's just go forward. Some we're going to town. Let's go mm-hmm. to town. So we hit a long trot. I get to the Crick cross and Josh around the phone out there. I made a call to the, uh, search and rescue. Cause I wanted them to know what was going on, where I was, what my situation was. I was with a 10, 12 year old boy and I'm coming out with an amputated finger. And so, um, I call him and I know the guy at the search and rescue and, uh, he says, Colby, I'll come get you. 
I said, no, I know you would. I know you would, but I, th- I said, I honestly think I, I'm going to be all right. I've got the bleeding shut down. It is what it is. Um, they're not going to be able to sew it back on. So I don't even have it. I left it in upper Tunnel. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to be okay. He's like, well, I sure I'll, I'll, we'll fly in there and get you. We'll bring the helicopter and I'll come get you. And I said, no, I think I'll not spend $70,000 today. Yeah. So I declined the airplane, the helicopter ride. So Caden and I took off. And I got to the top of the pass and I started radioing for Cody. She had a copy, copy, copy. And by that time, she's a good two hours. But in a, when you ride up on top of this pass, two hours, you could see Eagle Creek Meadows basically is two hours from where I was. And that's basically where she was. And you could see it line of sight, plain as day. I mean, I can almost guarantee you, I could point at her and say, well, she's right there in that first clearing. So uh, I finally get a hold of her and. I get her shut down. Meanwhile, the, all the alarms in town go off through search and rescue. Yep. Cause they, now they've requested an ambulance to be at the Eagle Creek trailhead. Another really good friend of ours that uh, Cody grew up with her as a child. She's at work. Here's it come over the scanner that there's an outfitter in the thoroughfare that has just amputated his finger. And he's going to be riding out, coming out at the Eagle Creek trailhead. Well, she knew exactly who that was. And so they got saddled up and we had people coming. They had people coming from town and Kate and Kate and I, we were headed out. We finally got to Cody, finally got to Jeff. And uh, you'll have to ask him about that. Cause that, it was the funniest thing. And I'm right up on him and he's his biggest surprise. Look, what are you doing here? By this time I got this big thing around my finger and I point, I show him my finger, you know, and he's like, Oh my goodness. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be back in a couple days. <laughs> so, I get out and Cody's at the trailhead, got the doors open to the trailer and we get there. What would normally take nine hours? We did in five and a half hours. Kate and I did Dang. our mules were done. They were yeah. absolutely spent. They were done. So we loosened cinches and took the breast collars off and we throw them on the trailer and shut the door and we head down and I get set in the pickup and I was, Oh man, oh, thank you, Lord. I, I made it. You know, I'm in the pickup. I'm told I leaned back and I, I said, Cody, get me to town. Let's go to town. Mm-hmm. And I kind of closed my eyes there, try to take, you know, maybe a little siesta. And she's headed down through there. And what do we, what do we find when we get down there? There is traffic backed up two miles, both directions and a great big fat uh, grizzly bear in the middle of the road. And there are people everywhere. Oh, and there's yeah. this bear won't let no one buy. I told Cody, turn your hazards on and go. Like I'm, we're not doing this. Let's go. So she did. She threw the hazards on and we went down through this traffic with the, all the bear watchers and people looking at us. And we went by the bear and the bear looked at us and we looked at the bear and on to town we went. And we got there and um, we walked in the emergency room and Cody said, sit down and I'll go tell him you're here. And so she walks up there and she says, um, I got Colby Gines here. And um, he, she's like, the lady goes, who, what, who do you got? Cody goes, I got Colby Gines. Hold on. Well, they'd been waiting for us. I happen to know the ER doctor that was there that night. Wow. So he, the doors just come right open. He says, Colby, get in here right now. I don't even think I'd settled in my chair yet. So I get up and go in there. He's like, all right, what do we need to do? And I said, you've got to take care of this pain. Like, just let's get her, sh- get me some local on and let's get her shut down. And then we'll deal with whatever we got to deal with. So he did, he went to work right away. And once we pulled all the bandages off, um, we were, it's, yeah, it's surgery time. So mm-hmm. bones hanging out and it was, it was bad. It was bad. So I said, Hey, before we do this, I've been, I was on a sheep hunt. 
I was in for 15 days on that. I mean, I'm, I'm right at 22, 23 days back in the wood and I probably should run to the shower real quick. <laughs> he, he says, you aren't taking a dang shower. Get your clothes off and get ready to go. We're taking you to surgery right now. Oh, wow. So, yep, yeah, we got, uh, got surgery. And a day later, I was out of the hospital. And the day after that, I was headed back in. And I left my house at 3 a.m. in the morning with a green mule that I called Corona. And I was riding my good mule, Jan. And I was riding with three fingers. And that morning I got the trail and it was raining straight down water. Harder, like harder I've seen it rain. Headlight and I packed up. I got my one mule packed and got on my my good bay riding mule. And I crossed the Shoshone River at 4.25 a.m. And it's raining straight down. I got a slicker in my hands and a big deal. And you can probably imagine that my attitude probably wasn't the best. So I, we it rains on me all morning until the sun starts to come up. Well, I'm riding right along the river that uh, on my way back in there, and and uh, it quits raining. Sun starts to come up, just stops raining. Now we're doing all right. So now my own mules hit her a lick, and we're moving right up through the trail there. And we're gonna take a quick okay. break and be right back. Hey, want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colton Erring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Okay, we're back here with my buddy Colby, and he's just right in the middle of this intense story. We had to we had to take a quick break to change the recording out. Uh, he just cut his freaking finger off just cut my finger off running back and into camp raining jeez and it's the a, sun's coming out sun's up life is looking good life's looking good again and mules walking right down the trail and i'm riding right along the river and i've got the reins and three fingers and i'm leading the green mule packer and headed up the trail and i finally relaxed and i'm just easing on up through they're not paying no attention and then all of a sudden my mule spooks she doesn't leave the trail she doesn't jump off. she just spooks and like spooks in place well when she does i have spurs on i don't see at first what this is about she spooks i get a hold of my spurs and when i get a hold of her i get a hold of her because I, i'm overcompensating clearly right well as she takes her first big jump at me i lifts my head up and i can see down the trail there's a huge bull moose standing in the middle of this trail <laughs> and she spooks at this moose and then she proceeds to buck and i oh. mean buck like the dickens and you're a handicapped guy and i let go of the lead rope and i go to riding this mule and she's blowing in the front end hitting the ground sucking back turning back and blowing so this isn't the easiest thing to ride through no nope. and i'm riding her through it and it it finally come to my mind get off i'd had enough so i'm gonna get off and she is whirling and blowing and kicking so i go to push off my saddle horn and I'm just going to try to go straight out the back door is what I'm going to try to do. Just come clean out and just let her get out from underneath me. Well, when I do that and I kick loose, she takes a jump and kicks and it sends my feet straight above my head oh, no. and I hit the ground and roll and rolled my head off the ground. And if, if you've ever done that, you know what that's like a big light flash and ears start to ring. I hit the ground and that happened and man, uh, took me a minute and I started coming around and coming back to and, when I come, my eyes fluttered and I kind of open my eyes back up. There's my mule. 
and she's standing directly over the top of me looking at me like, Oh my gosh, like what did I just do? Like <laughs> she is almost stepping on me. She's that close to me. She is right with me looking right down at me. And, uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that, what, you know, how did moose. So I'm set up, I'm looking around and my headlamps over there and there's a set of gloves over there and my lunch is over there. Water's on the other side. And Yard sale. I'm like, Oh, my pack mule. My, where's my pack mule? So I turn and I look and this colt is got the lead rope directly in the trail. It's laid down directly in front of him. It's dragging in the trail and this mule's walking backwards, roller nosing at it, honking at this lead rope. <laughs> I knew at any moment that this mule was going to bolt and run. And the highway is just a couple hours back down the road mm -hmm. and it don't take a running mule very long mm -hmm. to make it back down. Oh yeah. And you can't get around them everywhere. I got on that bay mule and about that time that Roan mule spooks and away she goes. I chase the mule back down the trail at least a mile and a half, almost two miles before we come to a creek crossing where I could finally get broke around. So I jumped in the creek way high and ran all the way around the pack mule. Finally got her shut down, got her gathered up. By this time, I'm, I'm, I'm mad, I would say. <laughs> and I called my wife on the satellite phone. And I told my wife, I said, I told her what happened. And I said, I want you to do me a favor. And she said, what's that? I said, I want you to call somebody. I don't care, a realtor or outfitting agency. I, I don't care. You put that camp, you put this camp on for sale <laughs> today. Yeah, you're done. I said, I'm done. I've been 11 years. I just cut my finger off. I just got my butt bucked off. My morale was very low. Mm -hmm. I said, sell it, sell it right now. And as any, as in fine Cody Jines fashion, she says, I'll suck it up. Get your <laughs> ass in there. You've got hunters that are in there. You need to get in there. You guys got to get to killing some elk, get going. I'm like, I'm going, but sell the camp. I'm done. <laughs> so year to the day we sold the camp. Wow. And we started in on new adventures. I took a job. Um, I took a job with an animal health company, Pro Earth Animal Health and Zestera. At, and I was just a salesman at first with them. And um, after a year working there, I, I got put to the task of taking Zestera and Cattle Active and Pro Earth uh, products uh, to the retail market. So I, I, with some really good people and help, we built the retail program and started that. And then all at the same time, we, I invested in our auction company that we, we had an auction systems company that we, that I had uh, started and we mostly were doing hunting organizations. They would hire us to come in and right. be ringman and clerks and auctioneer. And so we had event software and we had all this, all this different online capability to, for these mm -hmm. hunting auctions. And um, so we invested back into that company as well. Cody took over and managed it, started managing that. And we started taking on horse sales and we found a mule days, of course. And, and, uh, I guess the rest is history. And that kind of, that's basically what's got us. You're right here, here today, sitting yep. here with you today. That's basically the story that has led us here. So <laughs> <laughs> you're freaking tough, man. You're tough as nails. Um, your wife's tougher yet. <laughs> She's tougher than I am. She's tougher than I am. Well, you segued in perfect. Let's talk about this whole mule cell business. So we're you here bet. at Bryce Cannon Mule Days, like we said. 
We call this is called Chrome in the Canyon Mule Cell Premier, Premier Mule, Mule Cell. Sale. That's right. Yep, and that's also uh, you can go to Premier Sales uh, Premier Mule Sales dot com Sale dot com Premier Mule Sale dot com is that was the website mm-hmm. and Chrome in the Canyon Premier Mule Sale is what we're on uh, getting geared up here today to do. We're uh, going to start at two o'clock and we're going to uh, number these mules, all the sale mules, and we've got a fantastic set of mules here. Oh yeah, I I walked down in the pens last night and looked over them. And- Yes. Good job putting together this bunch. nice set of mules. But I'm going to tell you what the what the other part of it is, is these people that nominated the mules here mm-hmm. and these trainers. And that's just exactly it. There's, there's a, there's a difference between a trader and a trainer. And we've oh, yeah. got a pretty good bunch of trainers here uh, represented from all over the country. And uh, they brought us some f- fabulous, fantastic mules. Oh yeah. A lot of them are my great friends. I've known them a yeah. long time and, yeah it's we're all kind of like family know, in the mule world it, yeah you know and i was thinking as you're telling your story too it's it's not really about what you know it's who you know that's right like in your accident and then here it, knowing people yep it makes all the difference so you have a lot to do with uh, us being here and being involved with the mecums you through what you talked about us and told them that we were producers sam, and yeah sam mclean said hey yeah. Who's this guy? So I'll tell you about Kobe. Yeah. So you are, you're a very influential part of us yeah. being here. And then that goes right back to what you're saying, you know, surround yourself around good people and oh, good, yeah. good things happen to good people. And, and I know it sure has helped you. It's, it's sure done happen to you. You've been super successful in your thing. And we watch you go all over the world and your clinics and stuff and, and yeah. uh, very accomplished and we have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun you're you're doing folks. it with your family and your wife and that's, there's no better way to do it than that. Speaking of helping people, um, I tell you what, the way you're doing the sale is helping buyers. See, well, you know way more than I do about sales, mm-hmm. but there's this little feeling people get about an auction. Yes. Right. And yes. they go, Oh, fetch, man. I don't, I don't know if I want to buy an auction. Jeez. Yeah. But tell us why, why this is so successful here. Tell us about the nomination process. I want you to tell these folks about the sifting all this, what goes into making this, that premier meal cell? Well, there's a lot that goes into it, but everything that we've decided to do with the process, it's all to build buyer confidence. Right. We've been around and we've sold mules and we've dealt with people and we, we had a pretty good idea and uh, we felt like we had a grasp on what we wanted to accomplish with a mule cell. And just like in the hunting business, if you're going to get in, get in deep and, and go either go all in or stay home. And so that's what we've done. We've created a process to where it's a nomination process. You don't consign a mule to this sale. He's got to be accepted um, and he's got to be viewed and, and they have to submit videos. They got to submit pictures. They've got to be professional pictures. How far um, ahead, how far ahead are these guys? A, a couple, three months. So you back in what, January, back in January, January we started, you started in this, this nomination. Yeah. And yep. you know, most of these guys have had this in mind since last year yet. Yes. Right? They're like, Hey, I'm coming back. Last year was the first year and it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Even with the old COVID, it was, oh, yeah. it was awesome. It, didn't affect, it, was, it didn't affect nothing. It was, and it was a breath at the time. It was real. Uh, it was nice because the whole world was starting to panic and here it's open here Bryce oh, Kenny yeah. Mule days, they were open and everything nope. was fine. And every, it was just yeah. like regular life here. So oh, it was yeah. nice, but yeah. So they nominated, uh, they sent in their nominations back in January, February time. Yep. Then what? Then you those mules, all those ones that are nominated, they get graded with a rubric. 
And the rubric is set up on a lot of different things, time of ownership, branded or not, mayor or John or, or uh, mayor mule, um, the quality of your pictures, mm. the quality of your video, that your description. If you, if you sent us a description and it was a sentence and a half, 15 hands all a mule, that mule didn't make it. <laughs> that mule did not make it because that's yeah. not what we want. Yeah. We want, I, we tell them, go ahead and get diarrhea at the mouth because that's what that, that tells us about the mule because that's the first step when someone, when a buyer is looking to buy a mule, they're going to read the description. Yep. So it just will be a very description. So on that rubric, they're judged on that. And, and uh, then we brought the top 43 here and uh, we're going to sift them again. All right. So they show up, they show up here. Everybody's here. Everybody's now, here. And they've, we've been watching them ride around and they're, you know, people are starting to roll in here to look at them. Uh, what's the next step? we got the, Check in this afternoon, trail course this evening. Right. That's a mandate. Trail course is mandatory for all sale mules. They got to go through. Everybody can watch. Yep. Everybody can do watch. You guys, do you guys film that? I'm not for sure if they're streaming that live today. I'd have to look. Um, there is a possibility. I'll, I, I'm not for sure about that. But, but you stream the sale live. We sell, The sale's on, all live. I the preview's live. Yeah. The sale's live and the preview's live. I just don't know if we're going to do the trail course. So, they, so they're going through the trail course. They checked in with you. Tell us about the sifting because that's the coolest part. part tomorrow morning at eight o'clock, no one's allowed to ride your mule, the mules before they go through the sift process. Mm -hmm. So they have to bring them up here saddled. There'll be a saddle rack there inside the arena and they'll come in, they'll set their saddle rack down. They're going to put them in a round pin. And the first thing we're going to demonstrate is first of all, we can catch the mule. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see. Everyone here wants to see you catch that mule because that's a big deal. I've some of the nicest mules I've ever ridden were nice riding mules, but you couldn't catch them. Yeah. You couldn't catch them. Mm -hmm. So that ain't fun. And you have them jip them around one way or the other. Could jip around one way to the right, about time and a half, stop them, jip them around, let time and a half so, to the so left. You're kind of getting them up a little bit. Yep. And getting their, they're, stress they're scored on that. So you're moving them around. And then I, I want to see, I want to see them stop and face. Mm -hmm. That's going to tell me a big, a big thing about that mule. If he'll stand and face when you catch him. Um, and all you mule people, mule people know how difficult that can be. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a tough feat. So we want them to, we want them to do that. Then they're going to bring them out. We're going to check their, uh, we're going to check their teeth. We're going to take a quick glance at their eyes. We're not using no scopes or anything like that. We're just, the vet's going to take a look, see that there's nothing yeah. visible wrong. You got a vet there. On there is site, a vet on site. And if he said, if there is one that comes through and it's questionable, that mule will be brought back at the end of the sift and we will go get we will go get another opinion, mm -hmm. a better look. We'll, we'll look better at the problem, meaning scope. Going on. Yeah. We're going to go find out what's going on. So after that, they, after that process goes and they're going to saddle them, pick up all four feet. They're going to bridle the mule. Those, those three steps are, are real important too. You got to be able to know you can pick up four feet. You got to know that you can saddle him without bucking the saddle off. You got to know that you can put a bridle on him without his swapping his ears and trying to get away from you. He's not ear shy. So those three things, that's why we do those three things. Those are the four most common catch, feet, saddle, ears. Right. So we're doing that straight up front in front of everybody. You're all welcome to see it. Everyone's welcome to see it. Right. Then they've got to cinch up. They got to get on the mule and they've got to lope him out of his tracks. And if he won't lope out of your tracks, you've got to get to a trot and get him to lope quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to see within three or four strides if the mule's going to buck. Um, if a mule bucks, he's out. You're gone. Automatically. Uh, no questions asked. That mule's gone. If a mule comes in and you're saying he's five and he's 15, 
meal's gone. Um, if that never happens, and that never happens, <laughs> if you go to bridle the mule and he pulls back and breaks the lead rope and flips over backwards, he's probably out of the sale. <laughs> he's probably done. Yeah. So, and then and then they're onto the sale from that. So there's quite a process that goes into it. It sounds simple, but it's creating buyer confidence. It, people are able to see truly, truly what these mules really are. We're going to do it first thing in the morning. So yeah. if they're going to have their fresh on and their morning clothes, they're going to have them on then. And then right after that, we're going to start into our uh, uh, preview. And they get, everybody gets three minutes to go in the arena and do whatever they want to do. Whatever they want to show. Yep. Show whatever they want to show. Cool. Um, we put a lot of production into these. There'll be an opening for the preview and some music, and there's going to be prayer and a national anthem, and we open them up, and we're streaming live, and and uh, it's a production. I got a whole crew of people here that from people that run computers to clerks oh, yeah. to our whole auction companies here, all made up of really good friends of mine that uh, that I've made through the years, and um, they're like family to us, and they go, they here we go back to the team deal again and oh yeah and so uh we're geared up and noon on saturday we're gonna have a live sale right here you know you was telling me uh about one of these sales you went to and and they were kind of laughing at you about the whole sifting process they thought you were full of it they didn't think you were gonna they didn't think you were really gonna do it kick them out they yeah. thought you were full of crap they did they they laughed at so, me when i told them my you don't, have, you don't have to go in detail who, what, where, but so we what, were, what happened? We were at our best of Texas sale and we had a bunch of new uh, consigners there, all Texas, a bunch of Texas hands and, and good hands, cowboys, mm -hmm. um, straight up Texas, West Texas cowboys. Right. And uh, I'm going through this whole process of this is what we're going to do it. And we're going to pick up four feet and we're going to saddle. These guys are actually laughing at me, like chuckling. Like you could see, like this guy's a fool. You know, he's an idiot. Like really, we're going to pick up their feet. We're going to, bridle what jip him around so they thought it was a joke and one of the very first horses through that morning was a big bay horse that was absolutely gorgeous that in my mind if it would have made it through the sip was going to be in the top five of the sale mm -hmm. super super nice bay gilding big long mane and tail road drug his butt in the ground get off his hawks ride big versatile horse mm -hmm. and uh he humped up and bucked and bucked and bucked and bucked and bucked and bucked and bucked. And that oh, kid's no. up there trying, and it wasn't hard, mm -hmm. but he was bucking. And that kid tried to pull him up and couldn't get him pulled up. And when he finally did, I just waved him over there to me. And I said, that's, Sorry, man. you're out. Sorry, bud. Apologize. But this is, that's, this is how it is. And from that point on, it was people, it, people got straight mouthed. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't giving you crap. Before. No, it just got real. Like it just got real, real when they watched me kick one of the nicest horses out of the sale. Mm -hmm. And I had a guy come to me and he said, Colby, how can you do that? Like, how can you physically kick a horse out? I said, how can I not? Yeah. I mean, we said we were going to do this. I just didn't say that this is the process and we're, we're not going to stand behind what we're doing. You ain't, you ain't a freaking liar. I know that. No, you're, we're, you're we're doing do this. We're going to do it. Yeah. And I said, yes, you sift one. It, it hurts because that's, of course, that's money leaving that just walked out the door yeah. for everybody. Yeah. The, the the consigner just lost money. We just lost a little money. Yep. It hurts. It, it hurts. Yeah. So it's not something I want to do. But at the end of the day, every one of them horses that made the sale 
were worth more money at the end of the day yep. because of the process that they made it through. And then we sold one for 268000 and completely, it just blew the whole horse industry crazy oh, there yeah. for a few minutes. It rippled everywhere. We, it I rippled through the whole oh, yeah. industry. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's what created it is what we're doing here. Well, and that is, that is giving these buyers confidence. Yes. Because, you know, like we said just a few minutes ago, you know, the auction in years past, it, even great auctions, good consignment auctions, whatever, you still get, kind of get a little, ooh. You wonder know, about it. But doing this, I mean, this is as good as you can get. Yes. And where else can you go to uh, as a buyer and shop? How many meals you got here? 42. We end 40, up, we're 42 in the sale. 42 meals here. I mean, yep. where else can you go and shop that many? Top quality, some of the best meals in the country. And go ride them across the bridge. And go ride them up. Go ride them up the canyon. Yeah. Go ride them up the hill. Go in the arena. Lope them in the arena. Go yep. across the bridge and onto the tires and yep. over the logs and and uh, through these washes and and they're here for a few days. It's not just like I'll show up Saturday morning sale. No, they're here. They've been here too. These yep. mules. There's been a lot of these mules have been here since Sunday night Monday. Right. So you can come. So and, man, you can come shop them. Oh yeah. Come shop them and and really understand what you're gonna buy oh, yeah. and have confidence and not only that but yet gain a relationship with somebody else that's in the mule world oh yeah and good in the people. industry a good people good people and we have a deal after our uh after our uh preview it's called a meet and greet and cody designed this meet and greet for one reason and one reason only because she wanted the the industry to come together mm-hmm. all the consigners to come together yep. the buyers to come together and all of us go hang out in the arena mm-hmm. with our mules and talk Cause that just helps the industry. Oh yeah. We're out there talking amongst one of the communication is open Oh yeah. and that's just a healthy thing. And that's been real, real important to Cody. I know is the industry and building the industry and understanding that we are strong in numbers and mm-hmm. the stronger, the more people we have, the stronger you are and, and uh, the better you do. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, man, this has been fun. It's been a blow. You know, you got a million stories. I know we could we could do. We go. I could go on and on and on. But but hey, I know you got to get back to your sale here. You got people rolling in. They want to get going, and you got the trail course coming up. So hey, thank you for being. Thank on you, here. bud. I ask one question at the end of all my podcasts when I have a guest episode, and this is for the people that are learning about mules. But what advice would you give to somebody that rides mules? Right horses, whatever, it doesn't matter. But what kind of horsemanship, mulemanship advice would you give if you could just say one thing? I'm kind Treat of- them mules how you want to be treated. That's good. Sum it up right there. That's it. Bam. That's Bam. a good one. Okay, buddy. Hey, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate, appreciate you, you, bud. God bless you guys. We'll see you later.